This is Biz. I'm a part-time working mom with two full-blown kids. And I'm Teresa. I have a family business, two young kids, and a toddler. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, do you let your kids draw on you? Plus, Biz feels like an idiot. Teresa is so relaxed. And we welcome back Emily Oster to talk about her new book, Crib Sheet. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) That pause Uh was because we have a special audience member, Mm -hmm. and it ain't Katie Bell. Nope. I'll just, I'm just going to set it up by saying, Teresa, how are you? Sure. Um, (laughs) I am, honestly, I'm great. I just got back last night from spending five days away from my children. I don't yeah. even know. I know. I don't even know what that so, would be like. And if, like, if for some reason this is your first time listening to this show, this is not no. something I've ever done before. No, you've never done I've that. I've never done that. It's like a unicorn, and yeah. I still don't believe it's real. Yeah. it's. Um, <laughs> I still kind of don't believe yeah. that it's real, and I just did that. And it was great. I mean, like, (laughs) I don't know what to say. Like, I wasn't bad. Yeah, like I went on vacation with my husband. We were celebrating our tenth wedding anniversary, which was actually last August. But this was the time that we were actually able to get away, nice, and that my parents could come and stay with our kids. So, upon arriving last (laughs) night. I found out that everything went great while we were gone, although my youngest child, Curtis, who's two, was sick while we were away. Yeah. And it seemed like he was on the end of being sick, but he's not (laughs) on the end of being sick. He's just still actually sick. Yeah. So... And because I had been away, I didn't, like, really have time to, like, take stock of the situation. So, like, I just assumed he would probably be fine to go to school today. He was not fine to go to school today, and there was no one else available to be with him today, so he's in the studio with us right now. Bring your Curtis to work day. It is totally bring your Curtis to work day. (laughs) He's sitting here in the stroller, and because I couldn't get a tablet to work, he's watching a kid's Netflix show on my iPhone with my earbuds, and so far, so so good. It's been three minutes, and it's going really well so so far. far. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, it's going to be that kind of day. It's going to be a quick show, guys. Yeah. <laughs> How are you, Biz? I'm all right. I kind of feel like an idiot because sometimes, you know, normally I'm really good at answering the questions my children have for me. Mm-hmm. Like, is there a God? What happens after you die? Mm-hmm. Things like that. Are there mm-hmm. ghosts? Mm-hmm. I got, I have that. Yeah. Turns out. Are there ghosts? I have that. Go I on. I got it. It turns out. <laughs> There's one out there. You know what? I, I'm also good at answering, can I have, you know, this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got that answer. Yeah. And We've can had I lots eat of practice with a that cake? One. Yeah. You know, it can, can I eat a cake? Can I eat yeah. a whole cake at yeah. like 8 a.m.? I have answers for that. Right. It just really depends on if Stefan's home or not. <laughs> um, but recently, my children have asked me a question. And it's not like this is the first time they've asked me the question. They've both asked me this question multiple times. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I've gone and looked up the information. Mm-hmm. But I swear to God, it's what's the difference between a fruit mm. and a vegetable? Yeah. Other variations of that are: is a cucumber a fruit? Yeah. Or a vegetable? Yeah. 
what about a strawberry, yeah. right? Like, or a tomato. Yeah. And, and then my brain starts to go, I have, it has something to do with the seeds, mm-hmm. right? Like seeds on the inside. It does have to do with the seeds, yeah. Or seeds on the yep. outside. And yeah. I know that tomato yeah. is technically a fruit, yeah. which leads me to think it's seeds on the inside. But then I'm like, no, a pepper is definitely a vegetable, right? And its seeds are on the inside. Mm-hmm. So what is, a watermelon is a fruit, yeah. and its seeds are on the inside. Right. An apple is a fruit, and its seeds are on the inside. Mm-hmm. A- there are very few things <laughs> that don't have seeds on the inside. Like most strawberries the have them on the outside. Yeah. have them on the outside. I mean, yeah. most of the seed things have them on the inside. Right. So, sorry, I have a couple things to say about this, but do you want to, did you have more to say? Yeah, just this? that, like, I one, I'm surprised I cannot answer this yeah. honestly uh-huh. with them. And two... That I haven't bothered to learn it. And uh, so, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I want to even know the answer. It's because <laughs> the, the reason why, two things. Okay. Thing number one, who gives a shit? Yeah. Well, that's the main answer. Literally. Yeah. No one. Well, my children did because they keep asking. I know. But it's like, come on. I know, but I don't want Secondly, them to be like on a date and then they call but then once, they, <laughs> and the guy there. But the thing is, once you find out, you care even less because it is really confusing. I yeah. actually, this actually came up for me a few days ago. Okay. I was in Mexico City oh. in the middle of a coffee tasting. Yeah. And so, this question came up. Really? And somebody, another adult human yeah. from another country <laughs> was also confused ah. and they looked it up on Google and came up with this word that a strawberry is and some berries are. Okay. And it's some word that I'll never remember. Berries? No. <laughs> it was a long, funky word that I won't remember. I and really wish it was just berries. <laughs> we can all just be done with and it. And it just confirmed for me, like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know want to know this and I don't need to know it. Like, it's going to be okay if I don't know it. And the whole mm. thing about, like, pits versus seeds oh, yeah. versus pits whatever and, and certain things are vegetables and certain things are yeah. fruits. I've decided I don't care. We're going to stop so, labeling this. Just send your kids over to my house, <laughs> tell them to ask me, and then I yeah. will give them like 10 reasons why they don't need to know the answer to I that might just keep doing the old, you tell me. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think? I, oh, I wonder. I, dot, dot, dot. I wonder what would happen <laughs> if you looked it up in a dictionary. All right. I think that ties in nicely. The idea of not knowing, Mm -hmm. surrendering into the not know Mm -hmm. with this question. Let's see if we can answer it. Mm -hmm. Do you let your kids draw on you? Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Biz and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. Yes. Do you let your kids draw on you? So, I probably this is my favorite question I've ever. It's a great question. Okay, I think I have at some point. Yeah, as a general rule, like the way you say it, yeah. you make it sound like it happens a lot. So I, I think it does happen. It a doesn't lot happen too. a lot in my house. <laughs> Maybe I said no at one point. Yeah, 
you set the bar. I guess. Yeah. I mean, because so, but I also have a two-year-old. So, like, we're still at the stage where we have to remind people regularly not to draw on their own bodies. Well, that was going to be it another gets really question. out of control. That was going to be another question about that uh, one too. But I want to first talk about. Yeah. Do we allow them to draw on us? So, do you, under what circumstances might you let your kid draw on you? Yeah. Do you have an answer? <laughs> I'm thinking about it. Like, I feel like some examples would be we're, like, at a restaurant and oh. I'm trying to, like, keep them busy and I happen to have a pen uh-huh. and they have the idea of, like, drawing something on my hand or something. Yeah. Then I might be like, oh, this is fun. Let's, like, make this a thing and do that for a little wow. while. But, like, I feel like if we're just at home, I'd just be like, use paper. Pens are for paper. Because that's yeah. that has to be my mantra with the two-year-olds. Right. Because otherwise, like, I don't even really care if the washable markers are on yeah. their body once in a while. But, like, we went through this phase with Oscar where he would, like, draw a full-on beard on his face with markers like every morning before school but it would like because they're like the brown washable markers like it would come off really fast and just make him look dirty like just make him go to school looking Looking dirty dirty. yeah you should have left the beard on well I mean but it would come off like on its own like it wasn't like if I just fully let it do what it's gonna do there'd be that weird ring where like after eating lunch it would just start smearing out it just wasn't just you just made a choice. It just bugged me. It bu- yeah. <laughs> you made a choice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, that's, yeah. So, I mean, it's one of those slippery slope things. It's oh, like it every once in a while within certain <laughs> constraints. <laughs> I like that yours are in public. It's Well, because, yeah, because in public, I feel like there's less of a chance yeah. of it getting out of hand right. somehow. Yes. Okay. I can see that. And I feel like more cornered in public. Yeah. You know, like if if I'm just like, oh, I need something for you to do right yeah. now. Like, sure. I am your canvas. Yeah. Okay. I like this. And I feel like everything I say, okay, sounds super judgy, but it's not. Like, yeah. I'm really like, because it's so, I would have thought, based on knowing you these six years, you would have been like, absolutely not in public. So I like mm. that you would be like, do it. That makes a lot of sense, okay. actually. In theory, I see okay. how all that works of the, like, don't, like, keep it in the, like, on the small, on the body. Yeah. Yeah, I asked this question because I currently have this mark uh-huh. on my arm yeah. that's like a star yeah. that Steph and I let Ellis draw on us because uh-huh. currently my children like to set up mysteries, oh. murder mysteries, okay. in which there's a body. Uh That has a mark on it that's the clue or the death cut. Okay. (laughs) So they do like scars on each other and stuff like that. Okay. And it's been catching me off guard for like two days because it's still there Uh because whatever he used doesn't Uh come off. But I I like I willingly offered it. Sure. They, for the most part, instinctually have not drawn on us, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So when they want to draw, like, on each other, I'm kind of like, I've been surprisingly nonchalant yeah. about them drawing on themselves. Yeah. On me, I guess it's okay as long as it's not my face. Yeah, I wouldn't Right? Want my because, face. like, I don't want yeah. my face, 
like drawn on. Yeah. There's a lot of parts of me that I wouldn't want. I don't want drawn on. I really think I'd be fine with like hands. Yeah, and hands arm. and arms. Yeah. My foot. Yeah. You could do my foot. Sure. But yeah. like my neck. This is or like my a, face. This is like a dignity thing. Much like <laughs> the other <laughs> the other areas don't you think? It is. How it's are like, you willing to let them Yeah. But I feel like, like but that's also what you're noticing when you're out in the world and your yeah. kids aren't with you. And this is this was drawn on you a few days ago yeah. and it's like still there. And you're like, huh. Yeah. This it, was just something that Ellis did like on a whim for yeah. fun. And now I'm like branded. Yeah. In the moment, it seems fine. Yeah. Out in the world later, it's yeah. like one of the like. You discover you've had something on you, like, all day, but you didn't know it. Yeah. Except this is, like, it's almost like like high school, like, waking up, somebody's, like, drawn drawn something on Mm -hmm. your face. Yeah. Except it's, like, totally innocent and you're a willing participant. (laughs) It's not like somebody wrote, like, will work. Yeah. Ask cast your grass. No one right. rides for free right. on your forehead. Yeah. So yeah. So it. That, but I think it triggers that maybe when you realize you've been out in the world mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, what what was written mm-hmm. on me? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's like it's like somebody knows what's happening in your house a little, like a little window. Yes. But I want to now. So we're we're great. Yeah, we're we great. We know we would never really let our children draw on us outside of parameters parameters how do you feel about them drawing on themselves because you've already said full beard i i just i i just remember <laughs> i i think i had ellis like he was a baby mm-hmm. and it was like my first carnival mm-hmm. first running the carnival at the elementary school and I was at this like meeting in an office mm-hmm. because we could get into the office after, you know, work and, and work there. And one of the parents, she had to bring her two kids mm-hmm. and the kids were like maybe kinder mm-hmm. or maybe even a year before kinder and mm-hmm. the brother's like third or something. Mm-hmm. And they're just running through the office building and it's fun and it's not a big deal. And suddenly the youngest comes into the room and he has drawn all over his face. Oh my God. With Sharpie. <gasps> yeah. Oh. He walks in yeah. and she looks at mm-hmm. him and she's like, all right. Yeah. You know? And yeah. like, I just. I, I what just else was can like, you do at yeah, that point? Yeah. I just was like, she was really great about it. Yeah. But I, in my mind, I was like, <laughs> whoa, yeah. dude. Yeah. That's Sharpie, yeah. man. Because it's going to take a that while. That kid's going to be yeah. like that yeah. for a while. For a while. Yeah. For a while. <laughs> and what's worse is he's going to, the worst part yeah. is when it's almost gone, but it's not gone. Yeah, it's not That's gone. That's the worst part. Yeah. Like, I don't even mind if my kids look like they went bananas yeah. and, like, colored all over themselves yeah. one day. Yeah. Like, I'm fine with that. What I don't like is if it just seems <laughs> like there's something off about the way yeah. my kid looks and yeah. you can't put your finger yeah. on it. Like, it just looks like their face hasn't been washed. Yeah, something's not quite. You know? Some woman wants, I, because I'm totally fine with letting my kids draw all over themselves. Okay. Not the, even like on a school I'm day. Trying like not in the to morning do the before face sc- as okay. much, yeah. but if it's like arms uh-huh. 
chest, whatever. Yeah. They're yeah. they're not 16, yeah. right? Like they're little. They're kids. I mean, yeah, Katie but, Bell's now too old to want to draw on herself. Right. Okay? Yeah. But, like, so for me, sending them into a preschool situation or even kinder, mm-hmm. drawn on, I feel like we all know what kids are. Right. And that they're going to draw on themselves. Right. Yeah. And they're not writing obscenities. So I don't yeah. really, like, what... Yeah. It's just somebody clearly got a hold of the marker. So for me, <laughs> it's one of those ones that I've been like... I'm fine with this. With this. Because uh-huh. eventually we'll bathe them and it will come off. Right. right. Yeah. I am with you in the I hate it when it looks like something bad has yeah. happened yeah. to the child. Yeah. Or they're just filthy, even yeah. though they're clean. But Ellis used to, we would do with paint. Like he mm-hmm. discovered he could paint himself as a mm-hmm. little baby, like mm-hmm. as a, you know, one or two sitting up. And I was like, great. He mm-hmm. is amused for a while. And then we went to go pick up Katie Bell from a camp, and this woman was like, your baby is bleeding. I was like, oh, my God, what? Like, I'm holding. And I was like, oh, it's just paint. But she would not believe that there was paint on him. What? She thought he was really hurt. And I'm like, am I supposed to go up and prove to her that this is paint? And then it did touch on some of that guilt of, like, should I have cleaned my child before— Like, yeah. d- am I sending a weird message that yeah. my kids hurt or I hurt my kid or I don't yeah. care that my kids hurt? Yeah. Right. Like yeah. that, that like at the time triggered some stuff for me. Yeah. Now I'm more like, go for, yep, that's a bloody scar. He's painted on his <laughs> chest. Right. So I don't know. I, I guess, but I also don't have kids who want to draw on each other. And I feel like maybe do your kids want to draw on each other? Sure. Yeah. We're not there yet in terms of, like, the good judgment on things. (laughs) And so, I mean, really, I I don't even mean that. No, it's just so honest. It's just a reality. So, like, for me, I just have to have a bright line rule. Like, I just have to say markers are for paper. Yeah. That's just what markers don't go in the living room. Yeah. Markers are for paper. Like, it's just. I actually just want to make a list that goes longer. (laughs) You know, like. That's what I'm laughing about. I'm like, markers go on paper. Markers don't go in the living room. Yeah. Markers stay in a three-foot circle that we are going to draw, not with marker, on this. We're going to tape off a box. Markers stay in this box. Markers are red. Markers are blue. (laughs) Markers are only only for Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) Markers are outside toys. With that said, I'm going to go home and continue to think of new tattoos to put on myself permanently. (laughs) One Bad Mother is brought to you in part by Casper. Casper is a sleep brand that makes expertly designed products to help you get your best rest one night at a time, or when you have kids, anytime you can lie down. Casper products are cleverly designed to mimic human curves, providing supportive comfort for all kinds of bodies. They offer a wide array of other products like pillows and sheets to ensure an overall better sleep experience. 
They offer affordable prices because Casper cuts out the middleman and sells directly to you. You can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. You can't be sure of anything else with kids. Get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash badmother and using badmother at checkout. That's casper.com slash badmother and using badmother at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius, Maine. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. Went on a trip. (laughs) Had a great time. Honestly, I just, my genius moment is I think I've clearly worked on some anxiety issues now yeah. that are so much better like this was a th- this was like a real test kind of like yeah. am i going to be okay leaving my kids for this long I, I really this is something i would have deeply struggled with not just because of their ages before but just because of where i was at psychologically yeah but i i just did it and i had fun like i wasn't worried and i wasn't stressed and i just had fun it was so good i'm so glad yeah. to hear that you're that's you're so good thanks we had back-to-back school silent auctions this weekend. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. And the genius... <laughs> yeah, guys. The genius is that we did get some gift cards for, like, bowling mm-hmm. and some other activities. And the genius is, we used it yesterday. We just went yeah. and did it. Yes. Yeah, they're not... Good job. They're, they're not, not going to sit around in your wallet or on your never fridge and never them. get used. You and just never used, get them. used We just went so good. bowling. Yes. We only bowled the one free round, and then we left. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? Yes. Hi, this is a genius, and probably not relatable at all, but I'm very excited about it, and no one else cares. So my daughter can now hold her nebulizer on her own, and I don't have to be right there, reminding her constantly to hold the mask on her face. And it means I'm in the other room getting dressed and getting myself ready while she is holding the nebulizer and watching TV. Such a relief because it's an extra 15 minutes out of my day that I don't have to be right there, and she can do it herself. She's a big girl. She's doing it. Yay! All right. Bye. Oh, yeah. So good. So nebulizers are for, like, respiratory conditions. They help, like, administer, like, medicine and stuff into the respiratory systems, like asthma. But, like, this is a genius. This is a you want to shout this out and nobody cares. Because it's that moment where they go, I don't have to sit there for 15 minutes holding it on her face. That is a massive... uh, Yeah. Massive, like next leveling up step. Yes. Good job. I'm so happy. Yeah. That's happening good in job. your house. And good job, like being aware yeah. that this is your moment. Yeah. That now she can do it. Yeah. Like and, and her doing do it. that. Yeah. yeah. Good job. Yes. Failures. Fail. 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 
fail. You suck. Fail me, Teresa. Oh, my fail is 100% (laughs) dropping my kid off at preschool this morning with a fever, apparently. Uh I just assumed his fever was over (laughs) because... I, but I told I was told he'd had a fever on Saturday yeah. and he didn't he wasn't like it wasn't a high fever yeah. but and also I was like oh he he seems off but he's probably just tired and things are different and I'm usually like overly abundantly cautious about like not taking him to school when he was sick and I was like it'll be fine today it's yeah. a short day he'll be all right sure enough like Oh, half an hour after I dropped him off, they're like, he's not doing so well. And we took his temperature and he has a fever. And I just I definitely feel that guilt of like, I should never have even brought him. I should have known. That's the worst. That feeling. I hate that feeling. I hate that feeling. Well, you're doing a horrible job. I know that. Yeah. You should never have gone on vacation. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I've just mixed it up a little. My classic, you know, pouring water into the coffee grinder mm, yeah. and mixing it up. Okay. This time, so I, you know, I have the cappuccino machine that I've had forever because mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like having cappuccino. The foamer doesn't work very well anymore. So I got one of those like Amazon, like they, it foams milk for you yeah. and a little thing. Yes. It's been pretty great. Mm-hmm. I just poured the coffee beans directly into that right. the other day. Yeah, like, sure. like yes, not the other day. Yes. Yesterday. Yes. I was like, time to grind the beans. Yeah. And I just poured it in there and I like looked at it for a yeah. second. Yeah. So like, yeah. I don't I don't do everything right anymore. <laughs> Put some stuff in that thing. Oh no. <laughs> Hi, I'm calling in with a fail. Um today I decided to take my son out on a walk in his stroller and I decided to bring our plastic bag collection with us that we could go recycle them at the store at about half a block away from the grocery store. The wind picked up and the bags went flying. All of them separated out of the giant tumbleweed and just dispersed and took off flying into an open field and the environmentalist in me just was cringing and I chased the bags. And I left my baby in the stroller on the corner of the shopping center sidewalk. Shout out to the one bad dad there who pulled over and put on his hazards and put his car in park and just let everybody honk after him. I'm doing a great job. (laughs) Don't leave your baby on the sidewalk in the stroller. He's fine. Everyone's fine. The bags are gone to the wind. Yeah. You yeah. Guys are doing a oh, great yeah. Job. That's like you could have just let the bags yeah. go. That's like a new, a modern day Charlie Chaplin like yes. farce oh, yes. sort of thing. Yes, right. Like, did you like? It is like a nineteen twenties first silent movie yes. of mother and baby. But it wouldn't have been you. It would have been a dad and a baby. Let's right. all get real. Yeah, it would have been Charlie Chaplin yeah. being a fool with a baby. But that is. There's so many things about that that you mm-hmm. don't want to share publicly. I know. And we really appreciate you yeah. calling and sharing them with us because that kind of stuff happens. Yeah. And every step of yeah. your thinking yeah. makes perfect sense. Yes. Like every reaction yeah. that you had. Right. Is like the re- it's the natural yeah. reflex yeah. that you would have. And then it's then like dominoes, <laughs> the other the other senses kick in right. and you're like did I? Wait. And then it. Yeah. I, well, you are doing a horrible job. Yep. Uh, in many ways. <laughs> <laughs> you are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you.
One Bad Mother is brought to you in part by PACT. Your kids ask a lot of questions. Mine do, too. (laughs) And at least, what are my clothes made of? Doesn't have to be one that you can't answer. PACT, an eco-friendly clothing company, has your answer. They make clothes with no gross stuff, just 100% organic cotton. PACT makes super soft clothing for kids, ages newborn to 12. Everything is fairly priced, which is so important. For example, t-shirts are just $6. PACT wants kids to love their stuff, so all of their clothes are tagless and soft with fun colors that allow kids to mix and match and make parent-approved outfits. They also make clothes in adult sizes, too. So, shop head-to-toe goodness for the whole family at wearpacked.com. Use code ONEBADMOTHER to get 20% off your first purchase. That's W-E-A-R-P-A-C-T dot com and the code ONEBADMOTHER. Hey, Teresa, let's call someone today. This week, we are calling Emily Oster, who's a professor of economics at Brown University and the author of Expecting Better, Why the Conventional Pregnancy Wisdom is Wrong and What You Really Need to Know. She was a speaker at the 2007 TED Conference, and her work has been featured in The New York Times, The Wall Street Journal, Forbes, and Esquire. Her new book is Crib Sheet, a data-driven guide to better, more relaxed parenting from birth to preschool. You can also hear her back on a previous One Bad Mother episode, episode 40. It's been too long since you have been on the show. Welcome back, Emily. Thank you. I'm excited to be back. I 40. Jeez, we're like at 303 now. That's crazy. Wow. You should have written books faster. I totally agree. <laughs> Well, let's see how much has changed in 200 and something episodes. Who lives in your house? Me, my husband, my daughter, who is eight, and my son, who is four. Oh, my gosh. Everybody's older. Everybody's older, and I think we acquired a new one since the last time. I think the the, I, the, the, the son is new. Yeah, I think so. That's pretty exciting. Well, let's. It is exciting. <laughs> is that how it's going to be? Every like two hundred and seventy episodes, we'll just right. We'll just keep checking. I think we're done. Again. I think this is enough children. Enough children. <laughs> well, I just want to say, first off, the way we met you was through your first book, Expecting Better, where you used your work as an economist to tackle being pregnant and all this stuff. That, and and that's really where we fell in love with you. So I just. To help our listeners remember, or if we have new listeners, talk a little bit about how your work as an economist informs your work as an author. So, yeah, my, so my, my books, both of them, um, are really about sort of data and also decision making. So as an economist, what I do is I think about how people should make decisions. That's kind of what economics is about, sort of roughly. Uh, and I also spend a lot of time thinking about data and what we can learn about causal relationships in in data. And so the books kind of take those basic tools and then apply them in a setting that is outside of what economists maybe traditionally study, in this case, uh, pregnancy and then and then parenting. But it really is the same tools, the tools that I use every day at, at my job, but, you know, in a kind of kind of different, uh, different setup. 
Yeah, so with the first book, Expecting Better, I think we sat here in the studio and were like, God, I hope she writes one (laughs) after after giving birth because that's just as crazy as all the nonsense that we hear about pregnancy. Can you talk a little bit about the sort of the difference between what you found when you were writing about pregnancy and then post-baby life? So actually, it's interesting when I, the, the first book, there's a, a lot of it is kind of like, you know, people told you you couldn't have sushi, right. but you can. And so it's sort of a lot of like facts, like, you know, here's a fact that is surprising. Yeah. And the second book, I kind of thought would be like that, but actually, <laughs> I, I don't think it's really much like that at all. Um, yeah. Because it turns out that, you know, in, in the space of parenting, like much much more of the, many more of the issues are like, yeah, there's like m- many right ways to do this. So, you know, you have something like breastfeeding, like, you know, you hear all the time, like it's the most important thing, it's the most important thing, it's the most important thing. Well, like, you know, there are some benefits, but you know, it's maybe they're not as big as you thought. And so you have to make the decision about whether to do that or not based on the data, but also on your preferences. So much more of this book is about saying like your preferences should play a role in deciding, you know, kind of what kind of parenting you want to do. Do you want to co-sleep or not? Do you want to sleep train or not? Do you want to breastfeed? And so, so I think that, that there are fewer things where it's like the data tells you for sure to do this and many more things where the, the point to make is just, you know, there are a lot of right choices and we often make people feel like there's only one right choice. It's my choice. Yeah. Whatever I'm doing is the right choice. And and I think that that's that's not really that's not really right. I want to actually get into that a little bit more. I I guess I'm wondering, like, what was it like, A, sort of realizing that this was more about choice versus data, but you want the data and the responses that I mean, people really it's like data versus emotions. So I, I mean, I, I have to say that this book had more of like a, a journey feel in yeah. that sense than the than the last one because I actually came in thinking like, okay, this is just going to be like the first book. I'm just going to like write the same book again about the later thing, and and it sort of took some time for me to to realize like, oh, actually, like the the kind of choices here are different, um, or the the things that are interesting here are are different. And I think the, the other thing is I am naturally a tremendously bossy person. Um, <laughs> and I'm like constantly wanting to boss people about parenting. Like, this is the way you should do it. You should do it. You know? And so oh, one of the parent. things that happened as a result of writing this was I was like, Oh, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm like out there telling people that you shouldn't boss. Other, like I better stop bossing so much, mm. which, you know, that's a hard, it's hard journey. Um, I wouldn't say yeah. I've achieved that. Um, but you know, it's the goals. You know, but then, then when I sort of think about the reaction to this, I think that in some ways, some people have sort of taken this and said like, oh, well, your book is just like says, like, do what your gut, like, yeah. just go with your gut. And I, I don't think that's right. You know, I think that that there's a difference between just like go with your gut, do whatever, and your preferences should play a role in your decision making. And so I, I think that I've been trying to pull out that distinction a little bit that that there is a piece that your gut isn't the word I would use, but where you know people are going to feel differently about the same data. On the other hand, you do have to start with the data because, of course, there are some places where the data is pretty compelling in one direction or or the other, uh, and you want to recognize that before you incorporate your quote gut yeah. into your decision making. Yeah. Well, can you give us an example of of one of those that you were like, oh? This is a lot of data. <laughs> I can't believe we've been listening to 
our grandmothers or that lady on the bus. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I guess one place where there's a lot of this is in like food, food introductions. Mm. So, you know, and this is sometimes this isn't really an example where there's a lot of data. It's kind of an example where there isn't a lot of data, but I'll tell you anyway. Yeah. Um, so when you think about sort of first giving your kids solid food, yeah, you go to the doctor or you go to some website and it's very specific what you should do. It's like the first thing you should give them is rice cereal. And then after that, you should give them vegetables and you should do it every three days. And it's presented in this very systematic, like systemic, like, okay, everybody knows this is how you do it. Yeah. And it turns out there is it, it's not the thing wrong with doing it like that. Like that's a perfectly fine way to, to do it, but there is no particular reason to do that as opposed to really any other thing that you would do. <laughs> and so it's like, I think this is something I like, I had assumed like, okay, well, surely there's, reason to yeah. do it like this and the answer was like no just, <laughs> we just say that okay <laughs> well did, um, it and it changes I mean like because I was given like chicken at two months you know what I mean like I wasn't breastfed but you know like the journal that my mom kept you know totally has like two months liked chicken you know like <laughs> <laughs> and I still do. I still like her to cut it up for me, too. So to me, the food things, I feel like in parenting, there, I have a nine-year-old and a five-year-old. And the things that changed just in that span of time when it came to recommendations left me thinking people don't know a lot about <laughs> kids or what we're supposed to do. So was there anything that like really surprised you when you were doing this? I mean, were you like, I'm wondering if maybe you did actually run into things where there was actually less data than you expected there to be? Yeah, I think in many places there's yeah. less data than you than you would sort of hope there to be. Like, right. you know, in screen, like screen time, like we all really care about like whether our kids have too much screen time and uh, you know, but there's a place where there's almost no data. So you know, we haven't had iPads for long enough. We don't really know what is the impact of, you know, watching people's phones on on your kids. But even in some places where we, we do have some good data, it's still often not as much as we would as we would like to, so even in something like breastfeeding, where of course in some sense there's a huge amount of data. There's there still feels, you know, as a researcher, I still feel the the gaps in the data. So you would like to have a randomized controlled trial of breastfeeding, you know, and it's not hard to imagine how one could run such a trial in the right. U.S., encourage some women to breastfeed, encourage, don't, you know, don't encourage others, compare them, et cetera. But we don't have any of that. The one randomized study of this is from Belarus in the 1990s. Yeah. And that's like a long time ago in a very different context. And so we're still trotting it. I mean, I do it in the book. I trot out, you know, here are the conclusions from that study. You know, okay, fine. But but we, it seems like, boy, it would. This is we're spending a lot of time and energy and policy <laughs> uh, money on this. Maybe we could just, just like get a little bit better evidence on it. That would be great. <laughs> nah, what? <laughs> Who cares? That's <laughs> just women and children. It's not a big deal. Yeah, just women, whatever. Just women and children. <laughs> let's just, let's talk about choice making, actually. There's a lot of experience you now have. I would consider you somebody who I would ask, how do I use data to help me make a choice more than I might ask other, someone else 
who may not have the same background or has delved this deeply into it. Can you talk a little bit about this? And, and maybe what are some of the restrictions when it comes to this? Because instinctually, I'm like, great, now I have facts. Now I can make the decision of my dreams. <laughs> Is that true? Can I make the decision of my dreams? Or can you talk about sort of preferences and, and circumstances? Yeah, sometimes you can make the decision of your dreams. Uh, <laughs> Goodbye. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I think part of the part of the issue is is that you're, you know, very rarely are you going to have some data that's going to tell you that for sure this is the right choice, and and that this choice is the is like the magical choice that's going to make your kid a, look a genius, <laughs> successful genius. Um, and I mean, sometimes it's kind of reassuring to think like there's like probably no choice that's going to either make or not make your kid a, a successful genius. Um, right. But anyway, that's that's the way it is. Um, you're not going to find data to to do that. Um, you know, but I do think that that there are a lot of cases in which, you know, you people might think that something is the right choice for them, but but be nervous about doing it for, you know, because of some other sort of societal pressure reasons or some other thing. Um, you know, this comes up in like sleep training. OK, yeah. the, the thing where you where you let your kid cry, cry it out to get them to, to sleep. I think a lot of parents want to make that choice uh, because it improves your kid's sleep. It improves your sleep. Your doctor probably tells you it's a good idea. Uh, a lot of people are very tired. But I think on the flip <laughs> side, a lot of people are worried that if they do that, their kid will never love them again because one time the Internet told them that that might happen. Yeah. And so that's a place where seeing the data will tell you, like, no, it's fine to sleep train your kid. There are no short-term or long-term outcomes. Uh, on doing this, it's going to be hard to listen to him cry, but it's going to work. It's going to take a few days and then your kid will sleep better and you will sleep better and that will be good for you and it will be fine. Doesn't mean you have to do it, right? So there is a rule for preferences. Some people say, look, there's just, I just don't care that much about sleeping and I just, you know, really cannot listen to my kid cry. That's totally fine. But I yep. think that's a place where the data can make you feel better if that's the choice that is going to work for you. So... Something we have discovered in our data-driven research on the show <laughs> is that society is not very supportive of parents, our society. And I guess I was wondering, was there anything that you came across while writing this book that may have illuminated a specific way in which society or our government could change to better help parents of young children? I think there's a lot in that space. So <laughs> one very basic thing is, you know, maternity leave. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we differentiate a little bit between like, you know, should we have, you know, is there a benefit to sort of staying home full like forever? Right. And I think that that the evidence on that is, is, is not really suggest it's better, but the evidence on having some amount of maternity leave, you know, three or four months at the beginning of life is quite compelling in favor of, of having, um, of saying that that's good for infant health, good for, for other kinds of outcomes. So I think that, that it is uh, just ridiculous, basically, that there is no paid family leave yeah. for many women in the U.S. I think that's just completely insane and terrible. So we should definitely get on that, fixing that <laughs> right away. Can you do that? That yep. would be great. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think, you know, beyond, beyond that, we don't provide a lot of, support for new parents, even compare this to some, you know, places in, in Europe 
putting aside even the maternity leave, there's, you know, these home visiting programs, there's a bunch of scaffolding that that recognize the fact that it's, you know, it's hard when you bring your kid home, even if you have a lot of resources, it's super overwhelming and, and confusing. And if you don't have a lot of resources, but even worse. And so I think that we could do better at, at, uh, reaching out to to new parents and trying to to just provide some support at at the beginning. Yeah, that wouldn't that be, be nice. Nice. It's like we yeah. say these things as if it's the first time they're being said. <laughs> and, I know. And, and that like we that that it's like a brand new idea, and I that's gonna make me bang my head against the wall a little bit longer. <laughs> Because I think, like, like you said, the data is there and shows the support. So I, I'm going to wrap up on this as an economist and as someone who has spent time really looking at the data of pregnancy and parenting. How important is data? I mean, where are we in accepting data? Right. I think that that people are very skeptical of science, um, mm. and data is a, a piece of that particularly around these issues. And I think it comes back to something you said earlier about how the recommendations change. Mm -hmm. So I think part of what makes it so makes people have a hard time accepting this as, as an approach when they do have a hard time with that is that it feels like, okay, well, you told me the data said this and now you're telling me the data said that, Yeah. you know, when my daughter was born, they told me, don't give her any peanuts until she's two. Right. When my son is born, they were like, give him peanuts immediately. (laughs) <laughs> like stuff him in his mouth, you know? right? Just put him in a bed the peanut full butter of peanuts. on him after he comes out of the womb. <laughs> it's like, and you know, it's worth, like if you're if you're kind of in touch with the with the you understand what's going on. It's like, yeah, there was a, a really important trial. It's not that common to have some studies that are so important come out, but it did, and we changed our practice. But I think if you if you don't recognize that, it feels like they're just telling me random stuff every week. It's a different thing. Right. And I think that 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 leads to skepticism about things like vaccines and other in other places where really it would be good if people would believe the data. (laughs) Yes, it would be really great if people believe the data about vaccines. Yes, specifically about (laughs) vaccines. Specifically, very specifically (laughs) about vaccines. (sighs) Emily, (laughs) sorry to end on a heavy sigh. Emily, thank you so much for joining us and coming back and writing this book. We do love data and we love making our own decisions. And we hope that you continue to, I look forward to your book on data-driven teen years. Right, Uh, yes, me too, right? I think that's going to be a real challenge. Oh my God, but I could use it. We'll link everybody up to where they can get a copy of both of your books. and. including this new one, Crib Sheet. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Bye. Bye. Judge John Hodgman ruled in my favor. Judge John Hodgman ruled in my friend's favor. Judge John Hodgman ruled in my favor. I'm Judge John Hodgman. You're hearing the voices of real litigants, real people who have submitted disputes to my internet court at the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I hear their cases. I ask them questions. They're good ones. And then I tell them who's right and who's wrong. 
Thanks to Judge John Hodgman's ruling, my dad has been forced to retire one of the worst dad jokes of all time. Instead of cutting his own hair with a Floby, my husband has his hair cut professionally. I have to join a community theater group. And my wife has stopped bringing home wild animals. It's the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Find it every Wednesday at MaximumFun.org or wherever you download podcasts. Thanks, Judge John Hodgman. Listen, we already know that you love genre movies, film craft, and female filmmakers. So if you love all those things, then by transitive property, you love my podcast, Switchblade Sisters. Hi, I'm film critic April Wolf. Every week, I have a conversation with a different female filmmaker about their favorite genre film. Each episode covers the filmmaking process, working in the film industry, and just like general geeking out about awesome movies. I've had such great guests like the big sick writer Emily Gordon. To me, indie movies as of late have come to be a catch-all term for a movie that kind of defies genre. Billy Madison and Half-Baked director Tamara Davis. When a comedian comes and enters onto my set, they're they're just there to be funny and we're all ready and waiting for them to be funny. Horror industry veteran and actor Barbara Crampton. That's where real drama lies for me. What's What's between you and I speaking right now? Where, where are we meeting? And what's the energy that we create between us? And so many others. So check out Switchblade Sisters every Thursday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, 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 ah. Curtis and I are singing in here. Ah, 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 ah. He's looking at me while covering his ears. I... Love Emily Oster. I know. I love her too. I really think her books are helpful. They're uh, important. They're important, and yeah. I I really actually enjoyed that the second book was really a journey of, okay, I have all this data, but it turns out a lot of this is now use this data to make a decision that works best for your circumstances yeah. and what yeah. you need. Yes, I just huzzah uh, for that. Yes, you know what else is. Data driven. Mom's having a breakdown. <laughs> Hi, one bad mother. This is a rant. I'm just so exhausted. I put my daughter in a new school this year. It is so far away from my house and my work. And I'm really glad that she's going there because it's a really great fit for her. But I'm so tired from all the driving. And yesterday, she had lice, and I had to spend all night picking them out of her hair. Her hair is so long. <laughs> she won't let me cut it. <laughs> today I have to be back at work. I'm just so tired. I just want school to be over. Thank you for listening. You're doing a great job. You are wow. doing a good job. Yes, you are. That is, you are. Oh, oh God. I am so sorry. Yes. That, uh, yeah. Yeah. You're I, tired, yeah, man. That's, and the, the lice. Yeah. It's, is, it's the worst. It is bad. It's very it is bad. time consuming. Yeah. It's one of those things where like you have your day kind of thinking yeah. like you're already tired from like yeah. driving back and forth and you're already yeah. like everything else you're doing yeah. and then you think well at least I'm going to go to sleep right. and then you realize no tonight I have to find it somewhere inside yeah. of me yeah. to stay up 
and now doing get, something detail oriented d- that's and slow that's uncomfortable for my kid. Yeah, and me. And like, me. I mean, that I have I to. Yeah, don't want to. Nobody do that. wants to do that. No one no. wants to do that. No. And you know, we've already talked about how life makes you feel. Yeah. Already. Yes. So, and then you're left with that. Like then yeah. you finally get your kid to sleep, and you're like wired. You're still there. You're still like up, and it's all crashing down. And I just, I just think you're doing. A remarkable job. You really are. Yeah, that's so much. And we hear you and we see you. And school is going to come to an end. (laughs) You're doing a very good job. Teresa, what did we learn this week? (laughs) We learned that we're fine. Mm-hmm. Letting kids draw on us in some situations, mm-hmm. and we're fine and not letting them draw on us. It's really more about the data and then making yeah. a preference yeah. choice, like incorporating your preference into the data around. Yeah, I feel like the data is telling me that Teresa uh, set a bar and has stuck to it. Uh which is impressive, Uh and that I was broken pretty much the moment my children were born, and I just live like Lord of the Flies in my house. So everybody, make sure you invite my kids over for sleepovers, because they're going to write on your kids' faces. (laughs) (laughs) We also learned that having kids is unpredictable, Mm -hmm. and things happen. Yeah. And no matter what's happening, it's fun to have Curtis in a sound booth <laughs> with us. It is fun. It's fun. Yeah. Are you having That's fun, That's how Teresa? I would describe this experience. Are you having fun? Fun. Was this show relaxing for you? <laughs> Very. We learned that Emily Oster is great. Data is good. Data is not scary. And Data mm-hmm. is not trying to tell you what to do. Yeah. <laughs> data is just giving you data. Yeah. And then you get to make your own decisions, everybody. Yay! Everybody, you're doing a remarkable job. It's Mother's Day weekend. Oh, yeah. So let that be whatever that needs to be Mm -hmm. for you. Yep. Okay? For real. Let's just remember that it does carry a lot for all of us. Mm -hmm. Whether it be about mothers who have moved on. Maybe moms that weren't so great. Maybe moms who were really wonderful. And maybe you yourself, like me, are still trying to decide uh, how you feel about even being called a mom. (laughs) So enjoy walking around out there and having strangers assume you are one. (laughs) Yay! Everybody, you're doing a remarkable job. You are. For real. Teresa, yes. I, you did it. Yeah. You're doing a remarkable job. Thank I know you. this wasn't. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. And you did it. Yeah. And but I, you did it, too. I did it, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go home and judge the crap out of this. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you're doing such a good job. Thanks, Biz. Curtis, you're doing a good job. Biz, you're also doing a good job. Thank you. We will talk to you guys next week. Bye. 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 Right on cue. You're pro, Curtis. Good job.
I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Bunn, our producer, Hannah Smith, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down mama blues. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down mama blues. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.